48. We've got some health-related stories to come on to in our science and tech roundup today, including how many women receiving chemotherapy for early-stage breast cancer don't need it. Japan also has approved heart disease treatment with reprogrammed stem cells. But we start with more of a tech story, Papua New Guinea, considering shutting off all access to Facebook for a month. And you may have seen some coverage of that. Uh, Mark Zastro, science journalist, certainly has been keeping an eye on it for us. Good morning. Good morning, Alex. And occasionally people do this anyway, don't they? They'll have a mm. social media break, maybe for Lent or just their own reasons. Mm-hmm. Sure. But what happens when an entire nation takes a break from Facebook? That's Yeah, it's an interesting, quest, interesting question, right? We've been talking for much of the last year about this growing backlash around the world against technology companies, and this is really you know, taking it to an extreme. Uh, so last week, uh, Papua New Guinea's communications, IT, and energy minister, Sam Basil, told a local newspaper that he was considering a plan to block Facebook in the entire country for up to one month. And he said that this shutdown would help the country conduct research to actually evaluate the impact of Facebook on its social life and to root out users who might be abusing the platform. So posting fake news, uh, uploading illegal pornography, or posting under a fake identity, uh, he said that this would allow genuine people with real identities to use the social network responsibly. Uh, We should point out it's uh, not a firm plan at the moment, just a proposal, but he says that this would be in line with enforcing the nation's Cybercrime Act, which was passed in 2016. Some might applaud the move, but in Papua New Guinea, it's seen as rather more controversial. Yeah, this is an interesting point, right? In many places, people are pointing to this as an example of how governments ought to be dealing with Facebook, cracking down on Facebook, maybe. Uh, for instance, Ann Applebaum, a pundit for the Washington Post, called it you know, an example of a country conducting an experiment on Facebook rather than Facebook conducting an experiment on a country. You know, it's, a, it's certainly an intriguing suggestion. It could lead to some interesting research findings. Uh, but the reality on the ground is that, you know, Facebook is already a part of the social fabric of Papua New Guinea. This is a developing country of 8 million people where home Internet access is actually still pretty uncommon, but everyone has a mobile phone. And it's also one of the most culturally diverse countries in the world and one of the most rural countries in the world. So Facebook has really allowed people to communicate not just across, you know, geographically separated areas in PNG, but also across all of these different cultures, across the various language groups and indigenous communities. So, uh, you know, Facebook, it's a, it plays a role in PNG society that it may not necessarily do in some of the countries that are applauding this move. So uh, in PNG, this news was very controversial, and because of this, the government may not, in fact, go forward with it. But it is an example of uh, how governments around the world are taking a second look at their relationships with Facebook, you know, especially in the wake of the Cambridge Analytical sc- Analytica scandal. It, it's opened up, I'm sure, a lot of our eyes to just how influential Facebook is in Papua New Guinea, though, um, this story, mm, if nothing mm-hmm. else. Moving on to the world of medicine, a new study then uh, with perhaps good news for women with breast cancer. It can be, I'm sure, one of the most stressful experiences for anyone, mm-hmm. um, even to be told they have early stage cancer. But to be then told that they don't need chemotherapy might come as a relief. 
I think it, it very well might. About 70% of early-stage breast cancer patients who would be candidates for chemotherapy under current guidelines uh, apparently do not actually need it because the other available treatments, like endocrine therapy, are actually just as effective. And this is according to a new study being published in the New England Journal of Medicine, and it was actually presented uh, at a medical conference in Chicago on Sunday. Um, obviously, you know, chemotherapy, it's a toxic treatment, major, major side effects. Uh, clearly, you know, in cases of late-stage cancer, when it has spread to the lymph nodes, it is clearly needed. But then, of course, for very early-stage patients, it's not necessary. And so the problem from a clinical standpoint is, what do we do with patients who fall in between those zones? So often breast cancer patients will take a, a gene test, or the, the gene test will be run on tumor samples to determine whether or not they need chemotherapy. And up until now, you know, if your score fell into that sort of intermediate range, it's almost kind of a personal judgment call for the patient and their doctor as to whether or not they actually go ahead with chemotherapy. Uh, because they don't know if it's actually helpful, and it's kind of an agonizing choice. Yeah, which is all the more uncomfortable. I'm sure patients don't want to make that choice. They, they want to exactly. have a black and white answer. Right, and so what this study shows is that for a certain amount of this intermediate range of scores, chemo doesn't actually work any better than endocrine therapy, so these patients don't have to go through with it. We can spare them this treatment, and this should have you know, pretty quick impacts on the way that breast cancer is treated around the world. Well, I guess we should put a disclaimer in that uh, it's still worth getting a professional opinion, uh, perhaps a second and a third professional opinion. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, but this certainly does raise an interesting question. It gives doctors new data and, uh, t- to make better informed choices. And finally, some news from Japan about a new experimental stem cell treatment for heart disease that uses a kind of reprogrammed stem cells or IPS cells. But I say IPS as if I know what they are. (laughs) Can you tell us? Well, um, so IPS cells are similar to embryonic stem cells, which you may know are sort of the the gold standard of stem cells because the embryonic ones, those are the ones that can, uh, well, they originate in human embryos and they have that amazing ability to form any other kind of cell in the body. We call that ability pluripotency. And uh, they're kind of, you know, the holy grail here of stem cell research. Uh, we're talking about these IPS cells. IPS stands for induced pluripotent stem cells. So they're a type of cell that you can produce in the lab from other cells. So you take some, some normal skin cells or blood cells from a, from a patient, and then you do a relatively simple procedure in the lab to induce pluripotency. So yeah. you can reprogram them into a kind of cell that, for most intents and purposes, is like an embryonic stem cell. Which seems to get around some of the ethical... Concerns, doesn't right, it? right. Uh, you know, this this was uh, it won a Nobel Prize in 2012, and this these this technique kind of took a lot of the spotlight away from cloning. Right, we talk so much about cloned lines of embryonic stem cells, like the kind that uh, were fabricated by Huang Wusuk. Uh and so uh, very quickly, this has become a, a promising avenue of research. So, tell us just a little bit more about this new treatment. So last month, Japan's health ministry approved this treatment for health disease, and basically, what they do is grow a very thin sheet of tissue, of heart tissue, from IPS cells. And then they perform surgery to graft them onto human hearts. And so the idea is that these tissue sheets uh, don't actually integrate into the heart, but they help regenerate the heart tissue. Now, it's still an experimental procedure. They have the approval to conduct essentially a small safety and then clinical trial. But if it proves safe, uh, it could then be approved for commercial use.
I'm sure very exciting as well for those who need that kind of treatment. And there could be many, many people who would benefit. Mark Zastro, good to have you here. Great to be here, Alex.